So, Beto, usually on this podcast we talk about psychology, but every once in a while we dip into our nerddom and we talk about Star Wars stuff, and I feel like we can't move forward with our lives <laughs> without talking and acknowledging the new Disney Plus TV show called The Mandalorian. With Nicolas Cage. So let's do it. Let's annoy all those listeners who hate Star Wars. And if you're one of those people, just skip this episode. Because that's all we're going to talk about now. It's just going to be nerding out about The Mandalorian. There's going to be no psychological content at all. I hate nerds! This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I run a small organic carbonite farm out west. So what do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Like 96. 89. Uh, from users or critics? Critics. Okay. Pretty high. Oh, yeah. What's it getting from, from users? Because that's that's. I actually, think I was thinking users. Mandalorian rot, Rotten Tomatoes. Looking it up on the internet now. Users. Wow, 94. Yeah. So that's surprising because, you know, sometimes with these things you get this sort of fanboy backlash, even right. though we're a particular version of fanboy. Uh, you and I are fanboys. I'm fanboy. Um, but there's a type of fanboy that hates anything that Kathleen Kennedy is connected with. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I do have a lot of complaints about this one, but not because of Kathleen Kennedy. So we're going to spoil the first two episodes. Yay! And uh, that's all we've seen so far, because that's all that's out. Right. By the time this episode comes out, I'm guessing more episodes yeah. will have come out. But So there you go. Um, all right. So what do you like? What What out of 10 would you give this? Uh, so far, I would give it a six. Oh. I'd six give... is good. Six is a good show. You know, a show that I would say you should watch it. It's fun. I'd give it an eight, uh, maybe even a nine. Oh, no. Uh, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Because it's not, it's not like amazing TV. Right. It's not like Game of Thrones or this sort of thing right. yet. It's, it's, the, it's the first couple episodes. But it has serious promise. There's n almost nothing about this show where I'm like, uh-oh, um, I don't like where that's heading. That's mm -hmm. a bad sign of things to come. Almost every show you watch, all the greats, Game uh, of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Has um, an amazing opening episode. Not, I agree. Not always. <laughs> they, they, they often have, uh, they might have a good pilot, but it takes a while to get into the swing of things because you, you have to introduce too many things to people. And with this... Uh, it it has to do that. You got to you got to introduce the world, even though mm -hmm. you know we kind of know the world. But you, ha <laughs> you, you have to introduce like this version of sure. the world. You have to introduce the characters. There, there's a lot of things. So there's a lot of promise, is what I say. You know, if you look at it a certain way, and we'll get into it. I'm guessing. Okay. Also, I love the Star Wars universe, and one of the things that bugs me about the way that uh, the Star Wars universe has been, uh, I don't know given to us over mm -hmm. the years is that you have the movies right, which come right. out you know once a year once every couple of years uh in the past you know yeah. six years before that it was you know no yeah <laughs> um and but if there was a tv show it was something that was essentially made for teenagers yeah uh, the, the clone wars rebels uh these are Kind of made for teenagers, young adults. I still like these cartoons. Yeah, and this the the guy making this one it made Clone Wars, right? Right. Yeah. And so uh, what this show is is it's like adult. Uh, it's trying to appeal to adults. 
It's rated uh, PG though. So, yeah, but yeah. it but it's not uh, the cartoons are also kind of geared towards adults, but not as much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is right. is that um, uh, I just love these kinds of stories, and I want right. more of them. And there hasn't been a live action good live action TV Star Wars thing. Has there been aside from the Christmas special? Has there? Yeah, been? that's the only one. Yeah. So, um, so to me. Even though the product can't really compare to a movie like, you know, Episode 7 or Rogue One or something, um, or obviously Episode 4, 5, and 6, it's it's right down the middle of, like, what I want out of Star Wars, and I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this. Mm. Um, and there's just a lot of good things about the show. Why are you only giving it a 6? Oh, so I, I found it entertaining in the way, actually, that... Like, to me, it feels like a cartoony show, you know, like uh, a good old spaghetti western sort of comic booky style. Um, it doesn't particularly feel very Star Wars to me. I mean, obviously it is. The, all the characters are. But there's something about it. And it's probably the score and the the look of it that doesn't bring me in like the movies can, you know. Even the bad ones, honestly, they still bring me in. Uh to that Star Wars feel, I guess. Well, um, so is it the music? Because the music is com- a complete departure. Yeah, the music is a lot of it, but I think the look of it is also important. Like, this one looks, you know, like a TV show. It it, it doesn't have, like, sort of larger of th- that larger-than-life look. Like the Star Destroyers. Yeah, and the battling. zooming in, and the, I don't know. And, and The epic nature of it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is a confirmation of something I've thought about a difference between you and me in terms of our nerd dumb mm-hmm. is like when Ant-Man came out, I loved it. Like of the Marvel movies, uh, right. I, when Ant-Man came out, I was just like, Oh my God, what a refreshing movie. Right, right. Like it's small. It's just about <laughs> a dude and his boss at work and <laughs> this technology that doesn't have much to do with anything aside sure. from this business that they're in. It's just, it's a very small story we're not talking about galaxy-wide consequences. Right. And I found it to be, you know, delightful, funny, interesting, compelling, interesting right. movie. Um, looking back at the movie, I'm like, eh, maybe not. But any, when I it saw it... It was fun. It was a fun movie. And I gave it a pretty high score. Uh-huh. I, I I was like, oh, at the time, I was like top three Marvel movies. And it know? surprised everyone, by the way. Like, who was going to watch an Ant-Man movie? Right. But you were like, eh, not so much on the Ant-Man. No, I liked it. Yeah. I just wasn't like... Blown away, but right. I liked it. Well, you gave it a, might have given a six. I might have given yeah. Ant Man an eight. Similar yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There and there have been other things that we've talked about over the years that uh, have had a similar difference. Where I uh, really appreciate when they put a microscope on certain things and they mm-hmm. they slow it down and they reduce a, the story elements to uh, a few people or even one person and smaller stakes. Yeah. Uh, to me, it feels more gritty. It feels more believable. It feels more relatable. Iron Man 1, for example, pretty small stakes. You just have this yeah. this guy who is a, the owner of a tech business, and right, he gets right. abducted, and then he escapes. Yeah. Um, there's a second plot after that, but but that's a you know the major plot of the beginning of well, the movie. Which is why I like, for example, I like Daredevil a lot because of that. Mm. I mean, or I should say, I didn't dislike it even though it was so small. 
I actually liked it quite a bit. Were you expecting The Mandalorian to wow you like an episode eight or something? No, that'd be unfair for sure, for sure. And no, it, it, like by the way, that's not why I'm giving it a six. So that's not even fair. Like I'm, I, I started by saying, well, look, I had fun with it. It felt like a good Western comic booky style, not as epic as the movies. But that's not why I'm giving it a six, right? Because that that would be unfair. Like I would give Rick and Morty a fucking ten, and that one is like totally not like a movie. Like it's you know, it's very small little half an hour episodes. What, what I'm saying is. That's the premises. I did enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. I definitely will watch all these kind of things. Um, the reason for for me is actually one. I actually don't like the score. That that's true. I, I don't care much for the score. But uh, the other more meaty parts like are what, what do you like about the score? Um, it, it sounds. I, I guess um, it doesn't help me enjoy the scenes more. It's more like I notice it. Um, and, you know, that's a funny thing to say from Star Wars, because in Star Wars, the, the score is very noticeable. But normally the score is very noticeable in such an epic way. Okay, let me ask you. Yeah. And this isn't a, you know, sort of Paul question. Sure, for, sure, sure. Uh, this is a legit kind yeah, of yeah. curiosity question. Did you grow up watching Spaghetti Westerns? Yes. So, you know, Fistful of Dollars, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, and a lot, like in Colombia, they would show that a lot. Did you like them? Yeah. Because... This is right up that alley. I mean, totally. it's a total ripoff, and the which is what I like. What I like about it, and the soundtrack is very similar. As I was listening sure. to the music, I was like, "Oh, interesting! They're purposely copying a yeah a mode that those composers did back then, which was some variation on like what had come before it, right?" Yeah. You know, because before that, when you watch like westerns of the '50s, there's these, you know, there's lots of horns, you know, bam, yeah. bam you know, real kind of uh, gone with the windy kinds of orchestra, which pieces. I never liked, <laughs> right? And it always sounds really odd. You're yeah. just like, Jesus, where'd that music yeah. come from? In the '60s and '70s, they started going towards a more subdued, minor key, odd, Doo-doo. yeah, more ethereal, more environmental, yeah, yeah. atmospheric kinds of things, right? And so, uh, and and sparse and yep. spare. And so the music score of this show had those elements, which I found to be delightful because I would imagine that most people, one, don't even really take notice consciously of the music. Yeah. And two, if they did, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be old enough to appreciate that kind of style, that callback the way I was. That's fair. I mean, I definitely prefer that to... The older version of Westerns. Um, so I just, I guess for me, maybe it's still tied to the Star Wars thing. It um, it doesn't, it, it's not something that I felt helped me enjoy the scenes better, and I noticed it, and so it kind of like took me out of it a little bit. Is it just the story that you didn't like? Like uh, The story seems fine. I mean, obviously there's still more, more fine, mystery not, than anything. but not good. Well, I don't know where we're going with it, right? Like, it's like, okay... Well, this, so this is another difference yeah. that I just want to say. Like, you think about, like, when you saw, uh, you know, this episode I'm, will most likely come out before episode nine comes out. Yeah. And the previews for the trailers for episode nine has a cackling Palpatine at the end. And you're already, like, projecting some horrible storyline in your mind you, 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 of the ten yeah, possible. I, I don't want Palpatine at all in any shape. Wearable. In the 10 possibilities that the writers inserted Palpatine into all this. Of them are, all, all 11 of, are terrible. <laughs> all of them are terrible. Terrible. Yeah. For me, when I see that, I'm like, 
oh, I'm not like tantalized by that because sure. I'm, not, I'm not really interested in seeing Palpatine again. Sure. But I'm I, there's a huge void question mark right for me you're giving him the benefit of the doubt no i'm not giving him anything i'm just i I just don't think about it i'm like well that's interesting i guess we'll see what happens there yeah yeah. i'm just reserving judgment until i see what the fuck they're gonna present because i I just you know there's just no way to know because it it could be it could be terrible they could not insert palpatine and it could be terrible so so there's so many ways they could fuck up episode nine and there's a also a million ways they could make that's it right, and, and there's just no way to know. So, but that's something you do is I think you, in comparison to me, think much more about like, wait, where is this headed? Like, that's like, true. like with yeah. the Mandalorian when yeah. Baby Yoda shows up, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, and right. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen. And right. I read online Reddit forums, and everyone's like has all these theories, and I'm just like, well, usually the theories are wrong. Sure, yeah, and yeah. two. Even if they are right, you don't know how they're going to execute it. Like you, you just that's who, fair. Who and, knows? And so you are absolutely right because what happens to me is stuff like with, for example, the Baby Yoda reveal. It's like, okay, I see. So a, we're going for cuteness, which is very cute. Won't deny that. Uh, but where are we going with this? Because in my mind, I'm like, are we saying that basically all Yoda creatures are just like naturally strong with the force? Okay, fine. Uh, are we saying this is a clone of Yoda and therefore it's like, it, it, tent, it hints at mand- uh, midichlorian conversation, which I definitely don't want to have. I don't. And I don't. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, so on that tip, so I, I've watched the Clone Wars um, and Re- the, uh, Mandalorian and Clone Wars uh, and to some extent, rebels too. There's a f- there's a fair amount of lore mm. that are in those two cartoons. And by the way, I have not watched those, so right. so that might be part of the thing that I'm missing. You know, there's right. And so maybe that's another part of it too, because yeah. for you, you're a movie person. For Star Wars, I've never read the books. Right. I've barely watched episodes one through three, and uh, that's not fair. I obviously did. Uh, although it's been so long, but uh, I definitely not seen the cartoons. I did play. I did play games like the Knights of the Old Republic, but that's different. Yeah, it goes way back. Yeah, a thousand years. And, but you know, some lore around Sith yeah. and that kind of thing. But the uh, the one thing I was worried about was that the Mandalorian is marketed towards uh, people like you who mm-hmm. um, are movie people of the right. Star Wars universe. Um, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of references to the cartoons Mm -hmm. it's pretty subtle i mean it's not like you have had to have watched the cartoons and they kind of lay it out so it's not super you know arcane to figure out you know like um the the armor piece the um well anyway so i was wondering like oh i wonder and and i'm also wondering and i'm Mm -hmm. worried actually now that you bring it up if they start because there's a whole there's a lot of details to the force right that uh, Philly, uh, not Fillion, but the guy who who made what's his name, um, the uh, Iron Man guy, Dave Filoni. Oh, so Dave Filoni. So John Favreau is uh, a writer, writer and the and creator of the uh-huh. show, who did Elf, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, Elf is Iron Man, Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man Two, Chef. He was in Chef, Jungle Book, Lion King. And many, and produced many of the MCU movies, and of course he's super famous originally for Swingers in 1996. Yeah. But Dave Filoni, he's always wearing a cowboy hat. So if you've seen mm. pictures, okay. and he looks like a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> and what kind of you know what kind of uh, anyway? He's the one who 
uh, he's the main, he's like the George Lucas of the Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Oh, okay. So he's sort of like the the subject matter expert for those. Yeah. Well, not only subject matter, but writer, producer, director, um, main art director, um, like advisor. You know, he's the one who has his fingers and everything. So that's the one that I heard was from Clone Wars that is involved with this. Dave Filoni. Got it. And so what I'm worried about is that they're going to – because there's some goofy things in the cartoons that I think they pull off well enough in the cartoons because it's a cartoon. cartoon yeah. And you're just sort of like, well, you got to pump out 25 <laughs> minutes of content every <laughs> right. every week. It's like anime, right? Anime is right. like great, but it's also really weird. <laughs> right. You know, And it's an old-style season where there's like dozens of episodes in a season. You know, It's right. not just 10 episodes. Right, right. And – so, you know, there's there's an episode where Yoda goes to a planet that is the center of the force, essentially, mm. or the center of the universe. And there are these four spirits that represent different emotions and they're different s- sort of sides of the force, essentially. And mm. Yoda goes into this cave like the way that he sent uh, Luke into the cave in episode uh, – and by the way, I blame – all this lore and weirdness on episode five, you know, Empire Strikes Back, when Yoda sends Luke into, into the, the cave <laughs> and he sees this weird thing. And he sees his own face. And, yeah, and it's yeah. this weird kind of force cave. Yeah. That, and, and Yoda knows when you go in there, something weird's going to happen. <laughs> and it's like, that adds a whole other weird element to the force. Because right. it's like, okay, so the force is concentrated in certain areas. Right, that's actually a good point because it's they could have spun it like they didn't give any hints, but they could have spun it like the tree is. In fact, this would have been such a uh, a kung fu movie kind of thing to do. That's just a tree stump, but Yoda from the outside is like making Luke see things to test them. That would have been much cleaner. Or it's a dream, a force dream sure. that, that force sensitive people have. Sure. Um, or just some kind of random force hallucination. That but you, if it's really a place, but that's it's a place on a, a planet. Trick. It's a physical yeah. place that Yoda knows. You go in there, you're going to see some shit, and and it's going to be particular to you. Uh-huh. And the force works in these weird ways. And so that scene set up a whole <laughs> bunch of story possibilities because that's super fucking canon. Episode yeah, yeah. five. No, totally. I mean, we cannot discount that. Right. Now, I could have my hypothesis, which is, well, Yoda made him see it. <laughs> That's not what Yoda indicated. Well, he doesn't go back to it in, in Return of the Jedi. By then, they didn't talk about it in the movie, but I know behind the scenes, they were like, hey, that was a funny test you pulled on me in that tree. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was just a tree. 99, <laughs> yeah. yeah I know. A tree it was just. <laughs> so in the cartoon, they they explore lots of different things. Right. I mean, they have whole episodes dedicated to C-3PO and R2-D2. You okay. know what I mean? Because they just run right. out of storylines. <laughs> they, they have like full episodes with Mace Windu, for example. Okay. You know, which is really... So they, they explore these different characters. Does Samuel Jackson voice Mace Windu? Uh, the, probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they also... They have a whole episode dedicated to uh, the calamari, which is kind of fun. The what? The calamari. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and because they're like a major uh, uh, force in all those ships that right. were in episode five and six were calamari ships. Anyway, oh, interesting. Um, like they had the that. best uh, rebel fleet. Okay, 
They had the best fleet in opposition to the uh, Empire during huh. episodes four through five. So like Ak- Akbar's people? Right. Okay. And Akbar, young Akbar, um, is uh, in this, in, you know, oh. is, uh, you know when, when Anakin was young, so was Akbar. Right. You know right. what I mean? Anyway. So they go into a lot of things. And one of the things they go into are these weird caves and like, <laughs> and hallucinations <laughs> right. and like aspects of the force. And what I'm worried about with the Man- Mandalorian uh-huh. Is that they're going to start going into that because Dave Filoni, <coughs> you know, wrote all those things. I see. And like has could, that in his head that as like, you know, a possibility. And right, if he right. inserts that, uh, I can't imagine that working out very well. So that that makes sense. I hadn't even considered any of that. For me, okay, so you know in episode, maybe it's two or three, one of those, when the little uh, Padawans are training and they have the stupid helmets yeah. on and with the little balls. By the way, I saw the joke you and your brother were doing. I posted it to my brother's Facebook page. Well, I didn't get the joke, though. Well, here's what happened. I had been going back and forth with my friend Seth because he really loves the Mandalorian. He'd probably be like saying it's a nine or something, right? And uh, and actually, maybe I was a seven before I had these debates with him. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I complained about was the carbonite scene in the first episode, where the Mandalorian is unloading his bounties, and they're all in carbonite. And I just thought that was such a pandery fan service thing that doesn't make any sense, because I'm like... Look, Darth, that was a move that Darth Vader pulled in Cloud City with this huge right. machinery, and it was super risky. And now they have it like five years later as a convenience thing in the ship, you know, basement of his ship. Yeah, but one could imagine that the practice was popularized after episode five somehow. But through, it, through the bounty hunter, you know, Boba Fett yeah. was a well known bounty hunter, and. Maybe Han was the very first bounty that sure. did because Darth Vader wanted to experiment because that was how he framed it. You know, they're like, we haven't used it with humans before or something like yeah. that. That's what they said. And so it's conceivable. But, but you know, tech doesn't advance in the Star Wars universe. Like, if you but look practices at... practices do, you know, like conventions, like ship conventions and stuff. And we so, don't see it much. No, but you could imagine a... Popularized. And they shrunk the technology to fit in little tubes in the basement yeah, well, of the ship. They advanced. Well, it bothered me. But it bothered me in the same way, of course, nowhere near as egregious, as the pandery stuff in the f- episodes uh, one through three. For example, the extreme example is the little kids training with their, uh, with their helmets that you can't see with the right. little balls, which was just a, a, a contrivance that Obi-Wan came up with in the moment to right. teach him a, a lesson in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Why would that have been a standard practice for the Padawan? You're not going to get any argument I know, from right? Me. Plus, so, plus <laughs> that scene is ex- in episode three is ex- executed so poorly. You because George Lucas is such a terrible director yeah. in his old age. He was an yeah. awesome director yeah. in his young yeah. age. Yeah. A terrible director. Because you could have written that, – that scene is mm-hmm. – the, the way it's written on the page is probably fine. Yeah. Uh, young – you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan enter a room. Yoda is training Padawans. Yeah. With, they all have little lightsabers, <laughs> and they're, they're learning how to use the Force instead yeah. of their eyes. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of ways you could do that. Um, one – they wouldn't. The children wouldn't all just be standing there in the static, <laughs> waving their little yeah. death, death sabers, yeah, right next to each other, right, standing like a foot apart, right. And they're just, and they're not even doing much because 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 Lucas probably shot the scene and said, "Well, we'll fix we'll it, fill in, it in, we'll fix it in post," because the kids are just kind of like waving these yeah, little sticks around. I know. 
Um, also, you could put them in blindfolds. Yeah, just blindfold them and have like w- three kids spaced apart right. doing very basic things. Maybe not even with a real lightsaber or right. something. Yeah, like like, like, like <laughs> a like a, just a stick. Yeah, and and Yoda's uh, using the force, throwing balls at them, throwing, or <laughs> throwing pebbles. You yeah, know? and it's not working because that's the other thing. In, yeah, you in, gotta fail in the in the scene. the The Padawans are haphazardly <laughs> waving these, you know, in this very anemic <laughs> manner as if they'd been doing it probably all day because they probably had been as actors. <laughs> um, and just randomly, you know, get, getting <laughs> so these bad. things. Yeah, it, okay. it's, so, it's a terrible... So I, I'm with you on that's, that. If that's, if that's uh, like an 11 on the bad scale, the the carbonite is maybe like a four on, on that scale. But for me... But it's a cool, man. Carbonite's cool. I don't like it. I don't like that kind of like... Wink, wink. Also, like other things about. I don't it. know if that's wink, wink. Honestly, I think well, I think on. the writer was like, you know, how would you? How do we want to see these these bounties being transported alive? Why uh, can't they like? Tra- what did they do before? What did they do for the thousand years before since Knights of the Old Republic till now? Put them in a cage. Or yeah, something? exactly. Like, but you know, this wasn't a problem. That but this is solving. cool. It's just cool looking. <laughs> well, I didn't like it, but but that was why I posted that picture to my brother's page as because he oh because my brother said my brother said ah it doesn't bother me I don't find it off and so I was trying to like be all Berto on him and be like oh yeah well then you must love this scene oh I get it. Um, the the other things that that I thought were, you know, not great. The opening scene in the first episode is too cliche for me. It's like the guy comes in. We know uh, right as soon as the scene starts. Okay, this is gonna be the thing. The bully in the bar is gonna say something. Then he's gonna get in a fight and he's gonna kick everyone's ass. Of course. And then not only is it literally how it plays out, but it sort of doesn't. A it doesn't make sense. It's like you you spilled my drink because like the door opened and stuff. And then the fight's not even that interesting. So I, I was underwhelmed by that opening scene. I thought they could have done much better creatively there. So uh, this is interesting because when you and I saw episode seven, yeah, the whole thing was a callback to episode four. Yeah, but in a good way. Okay. Yeah. And one could argue. So for me, so you and I walked out of episode uh, uh, seven. Yeah. Uh, the Force Awakens and were. Elated, we were beside ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. were like, "Oh my god, that was awesome and satisfying! One of the best movie experiences we've been in our lives." Watching it on subsequent watches, it's not like it's you know the best movie of all no, time, but, but as an experience, you yeah. know, low expectations given episode one through three, right, right. Um, you know, pretty solidly nailing a you know a good yeah. movie. J.J. Abrams, you know, shepherded the the next phase of Star Wars really well, and some good creative choices. Yeah, yeah, and but a shit ton of callbacks. Absolutely. Like, and and when you look at it through a critical eye, the way that some people looked at the Force Awakens, you're just like, yeah, I get it. But look, I like but, I love but, Tarantino, and he's nothing if not callbacks. Right. So. So it's not the callbacks. Okay, so it's not the callbacks. No. And that's the point. It's is, the delivery. It, well, so when I was watching uh, Mandalorian, for uh, what uh, what I'm wondering is is if you were primed wrong or you were in the wrong kind of mindset when you're watching it because not wrong, but in a way that made it so that the callback seemed annoying to you because there's nothing there's nothing irrational about what you're saying. It was a callback. It was obvious. But to me, as I was watching it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, the difference is, okay, like take a, I don't know if you ever saw the, they call me Trinity movies. There were spaghetti Westerns. There was this blonde dude who was a badass 
Pistolier and his buddy who was this like buff big dude. Some of my favorite movies. Super shitty quality, you know, just like film wise, right? But so entertaining. As an example, you know, like very commonly these scenes would play out. He'd walk into a, ta- a cantina and a tavern or whatever, you know, and and sure enough, the fi- the yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. the gunfight. Would- I, I get it. But, but they were so creative. Okay, but, uh, but were you was give me your mindset and the context of you watching the show because I can imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there's some other thing you could say. It's just a theory, just a thought. Sure. Is that you went into this TV show going like, mm, I don't know, I don't know about this one, two. You could have been in a distractible environment. No, no, I was fully immersed. Oh, okay. Yeah, fully immersed in my big screen. Were you skeptical going in? No, I I was looking forward to it because I heard great things. I I actually, I I, I will say, I I thought originally this was the Boba Fett thing, but I, I, I quickly... Learned as it started, I'm like, oh, I guess this isn't about Boba Fett. Okay. So, you, so you're in a good environment. You're, you're, and yeah. you're not in a bad mood as you're watching, no. the, and you're watching that first scene. Yeah, and you're like, nah. Well, I'm just like, okay, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this is great. It was well, just neither like, me. Okay, I, neither me. I just let it. Yeah, kinda, that's why it's a six. For that scene is a six. I just let it yeah. kind of. I wouldn't say that scene is awesome, right, but right. it didn't bother me at all. Well, it didn't bother me. I just was not that impressed. Like, I, I mean, like the opening scene. Of the great shows usually impresses me, and in this case, I was like, okay, but 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 they, there was no witty banter. There was no. I didn't learn anything about the character other than okay, he can fight these like low level nobodies. Okay, and so and then then the next part is they introduced the the bounty, the dude, and he felt out of place in the Star Wars universe. He reminded me of something that Lucas would have put in Episode One or or, or Two. Uh, because, right. you know, so that, um, so that I can see, I yeah. can see, cause that's actually, um, Horatio, um, I can't, I can't remember his, his name. What is his name? I want to say his, his full name. <laughs> um, God damn it. Uh, Horatio Sands. Um, what's he from? That sounds S- SNL. Oh, okay. So he was, um, he was kind of the huskier guy okay. from the, um, Jimmy Fallon days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, his, he was obviously cast for his uh, contemporary comedic delivery. Right. His, the way he plays uh, the everyman who is groveling and trying to make conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the talkative one versus, they obviously were like, well, we got, we have to create space and, we're going to have the Mandalorian who doesn't say much, and we have right. this bounty who, who is saying a lot of things and trying to flesh out that character a little bit. And the so I could totally and as I was watching that that scene, I was yeah. I was like, oh, if you're not if you're not bought into this show, I could see how that character could annoy you because we've never really seen a character like that. Like right. we don't we don't have you know he's essentially like a character from like The Office. Or, it, or or Parks and Rec, right? And and, and, and again, but, if, I, but I I like that. I thought it was a good addition because, again, you know, I I wonder if it just has to do with I was primed by the cartoons because the cartoons has has stuff like that abound. Sure, yeah, I'm sure. Like and that, that could absolutely be. And and like I said, none of these things. At no point, neither in episode one or two, was I like, okay, I'm of not the Mandalorian the sh- of the Mandalorian. I, at no point was I like, okay, I'm really not liking the show or. 
I might give up on this or anything. It was always just like there were. And by the way, there were some scenes that I really liked. Right. Like that. If I was just grading those scenes, I, like I'd give it an eight. Uh, OK. So like the whole, uh, for example, in the first episode, I did like when he was the gunfight was amazing with the IG whatever IG 11 IG 11 and and in fact the IG 11 part of it was really fun to watch and yeah, creative yeah. and I thought well yeah that's great what would you do against this like perfect robot with spinning arms yeah. and and I had that toy as a kid I mean not that one but the the yeah. other IG IG 88 and, and so I was very excited because you never saw you never saw what that robot could have done right. so that's the kind of callback that I'm like sure it's fan servicey but you know what there's repeats of these robots all over the place. I'll, I'll take it. And it was fun. They, it was good. And then the Mandalorian was doing his shooting. There was some tension in the air. You know, it's like, oh, more bad guys showed up. Then they show up with a big-ass gun. And there's some things you could poke holes at, like, why did that gun not take down that wall? But, but it was still fun. It was fun. So that's a good scene. Okay. What else? In the second episode, I did enjoy the chase... Like him chasing the Jawas. The Sandcrawler. The Sandcrawler and all that stuff. I thought it was, given how it's been explained to me that these Mandalorians are supposed to be like the ninja badasses, I thought it was silly that they just like neutralized them so easily. But up to that point, I was really enjoying that whole sequence. That was really cool. Yeah, I thought that scene was so good. Yeah. Like the direction, the pace, the conclusion, the yeah. comedic way that he just fell yeah. Uh, now, completely. Th- so there's there's only a couple things that I that I was like I did. Now, again, I'm not saying it's the best thing that ever is on sure. TV. Uh, I'm just saying that in the same way that the clone the Clone Wars is a thoroughly enjoyable car- uh, cartoon. I'm I can't you know if we're going to compare the any episode of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. cartoon to uh, uh, really even any of the movies, even even episodes one through three. Uh, you just can't really compare the two. You know, we're talking right. about a TV show that has to pump out an episode um, every week yeah, for, yeah. for a span of time. The budget is smaller. Uh, the story is purposely smaller. The, uh, the, the, the challenge for it, though, is that it's Disney's marquee show for their new Disney Plus thing, which I signed up for and paid for, right? Yeah. Number one. And number two... It is being compared, maybe unfairly, against all these amazing hyper-budget shows that have come out in the last few years. And so that, that makes it a little different. Like Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones. But yeah. if I challenge people to go back to the very first episode of Game of Thrones and just watch it from the mindset of, like, you have no idea where this is headed. Well, I did. And it blew my mind. But that might be just, Or the first episode of Lost. That episode blew everyone's minds. The first episode of the of first Breaking episode Bad? of the first episode of Game of Thrones blew your mind. Yeah, because I'd never read the books, I had no idea what it was about, and I was so f- intrigued by that world immediately. And really? when I saw the White Walker at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, "What the?" Yeah, I loved it. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to say the pilot is. I don't know. I, I I really like the pilot. I think the the tone. I, I think I just really appreciate it when story – here's what I think kind of hooks me. Yeah. Is that the style of the writing and directing and acting and editing and, you know, the CG elements that they included, it gives me an idea of what's inside the Mandalorian's mind mm-hmm. without much uh, uh, obviousness. 
with like do you get a sense of what's in the Mandalorian's mind by watching the show? A little bit. It seems like he was an orphan and No, he, no, like in those moments like he's in the Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. Like you're just They you, do do a good job of kind of like letting you sense what he's fi- feeling. In in that moment. One challenge that maybe this is also something that we should give them credit but it it creates a liability for them is um because we don't know much about the character so far. It also makes it hard. Like in the in the pilot of Breaking Bad, we learn so much about Walter White. He's dying of cancer, and he's got all these conflicts with his family life versus what he wants to try to do. And they, and it's yeah. really interesting. But right? Yeah, it's a different kind of empathy, right? Uh, right. The Clint Eastwood in Fistful of Dollars and yeah. Good, Bad, and the Ugly. These movies, we didn't know much about his history right. either, but we still yeah, right. cared about him yeah. in a certain way. And so they're going for that side. Anyway, yeah. let's take a break. We get back. I'm going to go through my notes here and we'll get into the specifics. What do you say? Sounds Bert? good. So if Yoda was trying to use the force, <laughs> he was going to use the force to make people become patrons of the podcast. What would he say? Mm, I sense great power potential. I sense in you. Mm? Use your patron power donate you will donate you must become patron you will of psychology in seattle Mm? (laughs) that's pretty good all right so let's go through my list here uh the notes i took while i was watching the first two episodes i like that it was getting back to its roots as a western in space yeah which is what star wars was (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, well it was both a western space and a world war ii movie in space sure yeah the fights the the dog fights right the first half of episode four is totally a western in space the second half or the last third is totally a world war ii movie in space right and also that george lucas grew up on serials he grew up on serials of westerns and serials of you know before they had tv series they had series that they would show in the theater. Yeah. Back when my mom was a kid, you, you would, as a parent, you wouldn't sit your kid down in front of the TV. On a Saturday, you'd drop the kids off at the movie theater, and the kids would just sit there and watch it, uh, Flash Gordon and, yeah, right. and other Westerns and this kind of thing. And George Lucas, in fact, George Lucas originally wanted to recreate Flash Gordon. He wasn't given the rights, so yeah. he had to write his own kind of Flash Gordon-y world, and that's how he came up with Star Wars, if I remember right. Interesting. And that's where you get all those side swipes, and that's where you get the crawl, and that's where you get the style of telling yeah. the story. And and so this is getting back to that, in that you could – it's totally a style from from that original, you know, roots of, of Star Wars. Um, also, like I said, I like it that it's very similar to the Clone Wars cartoons because I really love those car- that, that cartoon series. Rebels, it was a little hard for me to get into, but Clone Wars, I, I think I've watched the whole series like twice. And there's a lot of cool bounty hunter storylines, mm. like long-term story. There's a lot of bounty hunters, good and bad, in, in, the, Clone in the Clone Wars cartoons that are, are really satisfying. Ah. Um, I like that they don't spend much time explaining how uh, this fits into the main story, right? There's, there's not a lot of, like, if you, if you're not, if, like, if you're a very casual Star Wars fan, like, you know, my wife, uh, Stacy, the pod wife, she, she's a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was her idea 
initially to name our dog Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and I, uh, well, so a little story on that, actually. So he came to us, he's a rescue from, uh, uh, and I hate it when people use the word rescue in this pretentious way, but he literally is because he was from a cemetery in Louisiana. What? And uh, there's a lot of stray dogs or a lot of excess dogs mm-hmm. in, in Louisiana these days, and a lot of them are put down. And so there's these organizations that work under the Pet Finder umbrella uh, and other organizations who will uh, you know, find these stray dogs, mm-hmm. house them in their own house, volunteer for that, give them to other foster homes who are volunteering – then there's a caravan of different legs of journey where they drive all these dogs up to Seattle because oh my gosh. Seattle has a has a, a deficit of dogs because up here we fix all of our animals as soon as we can. Mm. And so almost no there almost you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the dogs in Seattle Come can't from somewhere else. Can't have children. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so so they caravan all the dogs up here. All these people volunteer. There's foster homes in Seattle. Um, we go to PetFinder.com, which we've given thousands of dollars to as a part of this podcast. When you patrons give money, we give some of that money towards various charities that we support, including PetFinder and also scholarships and homelessness organizations, this kind of thing. But anyway, so we get the dog, and the dog. I, I find it on PetFinder. I find him on PetFinder, and his name's Wiley. Oh, and I'm like, we're both me and Stacey are both like Wiley. I don't know. <laughs> so we get him, and uh, we immediately start thinking about different names. Uh-huh. And uh, the if the initial names that we came up with, I can't remember the very initial names, but eventually uh, we started thinking Benjamin, like Benjamin Stark. Oh yeah, and then we were thinking like, oh, we we're thinking like like. Um, Stranger Things like Dustin or Steve, mm-hmm. and we're, like, oh, we're kind of you know you're just kind of throwing it around. You're not really crazy. And then and then at some point she says, "Well, how about Kylo or Kenobi?" She just come like the yeah. second day she comes downstairs, you know, wakes me up. She's like, "Oh, how about Kylo or Kenobi? What do you think?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. Now you're talking my language." <laughs> and I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, "You know what? I, I'm kind of thinking Kylo because mm-hmm. Kenobi just sounds kind of not quite right. Kylo, that sounds good." And Stacy's like, yeah, I was leaning towards Kylo too. So at this point, we're kind of definitely in the Kylo camp. Yeah, you're and, shipping with Kylo. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then I was like, well, I got to post a picture on Facebook because about the dog. I know we have a lot of fans of the podcast who know we give to Pet Finder and love animals and have pets, and they, you know, they want pictures of the cat and all that kind of stuff. And when our last dog died. Uh, Chloe, there. You know, people are a part of that story. I did a whole episode about pet grief, like within I don't know days after um, Chloe had died. And so I posted a picture, and just as a kind of conversation starter, I threw out all these names mm-hmm. that we had been mulling over. And uh, but without the intention of like, I'm not really asking because we were pretty much decided it's Kylo. Well, overwhelmingly, people were like, Kenobi, he looks like a Kenobi. You know, everyone's Kenobi this, Kenobi that. <laughs> you know, a couple of people were uh, saying, because I also said Jeff, because I thought that'd be a funny name for him, Jeff. Yeah. And there's like Jeff and and then all this kind of stuff. Oh, no. The, so the first name I pr- proposed was Bernie. Okay. 
we're this far into the episode. I hope I don't offend anyone. Um, so 10 years ago, uh, I got two cats from Pet Finder. And it was a boy and a girl. And it was during the, the first Obama election. Right. And there was a lot of hype around the 2008 election and blah, blah, blah. And it just, the first day I got these, because their, their names, because they were from uh, Lebanon, Beirut, Lebanon. So they had these Lebanese names or Lebanese names that you would give, give cats. Yeah. Kiki and Kiwi. Okay. And I'll be damned if I'm going to call my cats Kiki and Kiwi. Especially because they look nothing like a Kiwi or a Kiki. <laughs> right? And so Obama was on my mind. And I just sort of looked at my cats and was just like, because it's boy and a girl. And I was yeah. like, oh, Michelle and Obama. Yeah. And even though that makes no sense because you would say Michelle and Barack, but it just sort of popped yeah. out of my mouth. And within five seconds, I was like, well, that's, you can't call your cats Michelle and Obama. Like, that's, <laughs> Why not? that's ridiculous. <laughs> but because I had, I had said it out loud. It was too late. It was too late. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Well, now your names are Michelle and Obama, yeah. even though I want to go back. Yeah. But I was like, well, you you, it's locked in. <laughs> so we get this dog. I'm like, well, okay, what, you know, what politician? Yeah. I was like, well, Bernie, he kind of looks like a Bernie. Sure. And that'd be a funny name while you're at the dog park. Come here, Bernie, you know, because yeah. that's a big part of naming, you know, the, the yeah. vanity of like at the dog park, because you want to. Oh, you're, really? You're Is compa- that a thing? Yeah. You're comparing <laughs> to other owners, you know, like, because oh if, you know, if another owner has a dog that's named like uh, Spot or, oh or I don't know, Uncle Phil or something. Like, so I'll get like a big Rottweiler and call him Brutus. Come here, Brutus. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh, a podcast I listen to, TBTL, their cat's name, Professor Bananas, you know? <laughs> like coming up with a clever name or a name that says something. It says something about the, the dog names say way more about the owners <laughs> than it does about, you know, it's sort of like when you pick a screen name. Sure. Like think about like you sign up sure. on Twitch and you're like, okay, what's going to be my screen name? Right. You don't just have, you don't take the suggested name. No, you, no, you think no. about it. This is a major decision <laughs> here. You know what I mean? So- Anyway, <laughs> so overwhelmingly on Facebook, the listeners are like, Kenobi, Kenobi. Kenobi. And then I, I turn to Stacy and I'm like, I think, I think we have to go with Kenobi now. Uh-huh. So now the dog's name is Kenobi. So this is all to say that I'm a Facebook or that I'm a Star Wars fan. Is that why I got down this tangent? Well, because you were trying to explain that even Stacy is is uh, she's more of a Star oh, Wars so this fan. is a, or not, not more, but she's this a is Star a tangent of well. a tangent of a tangent. Thank yeah. you for getting me back. Okay, so God, you know the little narcissist in me just loves this format of like you put a microphone <laughs> in front of my face and there you go. None of you listeners can tell me to shut up. It's I, a fractal. It just happens. <laughs> it's the diarrhea of the mouth. Okay, so if Stacy uh, watched this show, The Mandalorian, because she hasn't watched it yet. I oh, plan, she hasn't I plan it. on rewatching it with her. Okay. Um, I, I'm worried that she would be like, wait, where is the, is that Boba Fett? Mm, where yeah. are we? Uh, okay, there's stormtroopers. So, wait, what's happening? Right. Like, she, now, I would, I would pretty quickly go, well, this is, this is right after episode six. Yeah. The, the second Death Star has blown up. Yeah, the Empire's in the, decline. The Empire, you know, yeah. Darth Vader is dead. Uh, the Pal, you know, Palpatine Emperor. Palpatine dead. is dead. <laughs> well, the same way that Darth Vader Anakin is dead, and the same way that Yoda is dead, quote unquote. Um, by the way, so a little side note on that. So, do you know the 
lore, the canon around Palpatine and all that kind of stuff, and and even Snoke and that kind of thing? No. So it might help to know a little bit. Do you do you mind if I tell you? What do you mean lore? What was? What, where, are you saying that, that where, Snoke was wh- in like other books or things? Um. Well, definitely, there's been stuff written about him in comics and stuff. You know, since yeah, but. but but, but it's a big mystery. Like everyone's not got all these Snoke, theories. But Palpatine. So, oh. so uh, for episode nine, maybe it'll help to know this. Is that so? As we know, Palpatine was investigating an old Sith or an old Jedi research area of how to live forever. So we hear in movies that I don't care about, but yes. <laughs> but that part is is canon because that's why Obi Wan and Qui Gon and Yoda. And Anakin, all are space ghosts, force ghosts, right? Well, sure. There's something about but, the force. But I always felt like that was because Obi-Wan specifically was, you know, trying to show a lesson that like uh, when you're in the light side, death only makes you stronger. And that, okay. that, that was this power that you get if you were on the light side, you know, that was an important difference. And, and we also know and this is a big part of the cartoons, is that the light side isn't necessarily good. It's the light side in that uh, the universe needs balance. You know, that that's a big part of throughout the Star Wars series yeah. and a big part of the cartoons that they explicitly go into. It's sort of like good Kirk, bad Kirk. It's like good Kirk is great, but without bad Kirk... There's no motivation. There's no, you know, there's there's different sides yeah. of reality, yin and yang, that need to be in balance in order for things to go well. And so in the same way that you have Force Ghosts for the quote-unquote good Jedi, there's maybe this Force Ghost thing for Sith, for, for dark side uh, Jedi or Force people, right? And so uh, I, can't, I can't remember all the details, but essentially— the and the order 66 exec, executive order yeah. i'm mixing it up with uh with world war 2 when they <laughs> locked up my family uh, executive order 4022 i think or 40 anyway palpatine had this order that said right. you know uh round every kill every jedi well he also had this other order that if he dies he did not want the empire to live he he didn't you know he thought you know if i die Someone will take up the mantle and uh, try to steer this ship. But I want the glory. So if I die, I want the empire to implode. Mm -hmm. And so he had all these uh, systems in place that if he died, it was going to implode. And another part of it was he had a plan that if he died, because he might have maybe even predicted he was going to die or something because he could see into the future. That if he died, he wanted the empire to implode, and then he he had a plan for coming back. And so the bigger overarching story might be that Snoke is a part of that Palpatine sort of coming back, and and maybe as in and who knows, but maybe in a similar way that Voldemort died when he attacked Harry Potter as a kid, and was a shadow of himself as he was rebuilding his power or something like that. Mm-hmm. That, just, could, that could be very cheesily done. Yeah. But it could also be done in a way that would but, be cool. But it, the problem is that it's be, be, let me, unearned let me, let me, for, the, for anyone who's not 
followed all the books and the things and the stuff. And Disney even had said, like, we're we're disavowing all the books. None of that is canon now. Yeah. And so, like, it will feel like they're trying to cram this whole backstory into the head of a, uh, the pin. Well, we'll see how they execute it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think they're going to, and this could suck, believe me. Who, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm not going to say episodes one. I anticipated. I was looking forward to seeing episodes one through three. I'm not going to say that they didn't suck in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but the other part of this is that uh, I think what they're trying to set up is that beyond episode nine, we're going to be back kind of to the beginning where mm-hmm. you have a rebellion and a and an empire. And that it, it'll be different this time because it'll be the first order or, and maybe they'll, they'll end, up, end up even calling themselves. The and that's empire. what they have now. They have a rebellion and an empire. Well, kind of. Yeah. Know. But it's... Um, I mean, not the, the first order isn't in charge of everything. And the rebellion is very small at this point. Yeah. It's like a couple hundred people or something, yeah. right? So, uh, so I think what they're heading towards is some kind of version of that. And my guess is, is now that I'm talking it out, given how people write these days, it'll be some kind of bittersweet empire where it's like, well, it's an evil empire, but it maybe it has some good elements. Like you might be able to empathize with the empire's vision on some level. By the way, have, I watched this whole analysis of mm-hmm. how the empire was actually good and the rebels were actually bad. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah. What do you remember from that? Well, I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, on the one hand, uh, the the galaxy was uh, functioning, you know, and you had trade and you had like uh, peace, law and order being kept and all these kinds of things. And uh, the the rebels were literally terrorists, you know, and they would blow up shit and kill, you know, I don't know how many died in the Death Star, but all those were workers and facility maintenance people and families. Yeah, and <laughs> right, just innocent people who were at work. Right, right, right. Trying to earn a living. Right. But then the flip side is that that the, that's like saying, well, yeah, but they were maintaining this this moving weapon that would destroy planets. <laughs> yeah. Only if they stepped out of line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Getting back to the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, so I, did, I, I like that they didn't spend too much time explaining how it fits into the main story because that it, too, much, too much exposition could have dragged it down. And you didn't really need it. Like, I, if you don't know much about the Star Wars universe, you don't need to know because the story is so clear and understandable. So with that, I totally agree. And in fact, if anything, I was kind of... I'm still, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a little more, show me new stuff. Because so far, a lot of what we've seen, we've seen. Like, show me a little, show me a few new things. Well, Baby Yoda. Well, show me a few new non-Ewoky things. Um, Baby Yoda's not an Ewok. It's serving the same function. And yeah. uh, trust me, and he's very cute. Not and I only actually cute. liked episode two better than episode one because the, I, I did like, the, again, in a cartoony kind of like, but I liked the little interactions with baby Yoda. and Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 every, every shot of baby Yoda I thought was, uh, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the word for it. But like, you know, some main scenes like when, 
Baby Yoda gets out. It's trying to heal Mandalorian. Right. I was literally laughing out loud right. watching that. I just thought it was... And I love the fact that they made it a puppet rather than CGI. CG. By the way, what does the I stand for in CGI? Computer graphics... Uh, il- il- uh, right? Com- com- computer... I think we just... Graphics. I think we need to be saying... Illustrations. C- oh, that could see, but... I think we need to say CG. A lot of people just say yeah. CG these days. I think yeah. that's anyway. Because with a a puppet, one the original Yoda was a puppet. So whenever they make CG versions of Yoda, they can't help but to over uh, over animate him sure. in a way that he wasn't in the original because you couldn't because he was a puppet. Yeah. But that's the Yoda we fell in love with. Yeah. We don't need to see him bouncing around and doing all these things, you <laughs> yes. know? And so with this, they made him a puppet, baby Yoda, for the most part. And so yeah. it it works. I don't know. I just thought that... It's very cute. Yeah. And, well, you keep saying cute, but to me, it it's, well, it's more fair. than cute. It's, I mean, it's designed it, to be cute. It's like... Well, that reveal scene. It's designed like, to be a story. Eyes. It's a de- designed to be a story element, and it happens to be cute. That's the way I see it. I actually... Sure. I, I don't think it's like when they added the... You know the the sixth Huxtable kid. You know to t- to have it be a cute. Remember when they added, or the or yeah. in Family Ties when they added the younger brother for to had because they the the younger girl grew up and they needed a new cute element. Like that's that's well, pandering but, uh, but to I, a cuteness thing or Scrappy Doo for that matter. Sure, but like Anakin in the first movie was supposed to be uh, part of, of course, part of the story, and they try to make him cute. Yeah. Now they they kind of failed. In the in the grand scheme of things, but they were trying for that. Yeah, here they're succeeding better because like it's cute and there's not a lot to complain about. It's like okay, it's a but, cute baby Yoda. But when I'm wa- when I I after watching episodes one and two, I went online and I was like, and everyone was freaking out about baby Yoda and how mm-hmm. cute he was and everything. And I was like, oh, because when I was watching it, I didn't think, oh my god, that's so cute. I was like, oh, that's interesting, Yoda. Um, oh, that's funny that he's trying to cure. Yeah. And you also know Baby Yoda's 50 years old. Right. So it, it's it's not like, anyway. Which, by the way, someone someone pointed out, like, so wait a minute, because we were all under the impression that Yoda is 900 because his species, or maybe because of the Force or both, he was able to live that long. But if he's still a baby at 50, maybe he's just like 40 years old when he's 900. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a new element to the lore around Yoda's species. Um, but I liked it better in the first, in the other version, which is like, no, no, no. He's really old. Yeah. Uh, I like that the Mandalorian feels like a real place. Like the scenes uh, are shot, and the locations and the direction. I, I get a sense like... That's a real planet with a real, you know, deserty yeah. goalie with a with a real bar. Right. Uh, that's a hard thing to pull off because it's yeah. like you're not in a Does real place. Does not feel like a set. Right. It doesn't feel like a set. And there's almost no CG. Obviously, the big monster sure, bull sure, sure. thing is CG. Yeah. Uh, you know, the when you see the shot of the sand crawler going off into the sunset, that's, yeah. that's got to be CG. But uh, as he's crawling up the sand crawler, that's not CG. Nope. That's a real, like, thing they built that a guy's yeah. climbing up. The Jawas are real Jawas throwing things at the Mandalorian. It's real things. It's not CG. Right. 
um, there's, you know, there's so much opportunity for people like John Favreau to be like, well, it'd be easier if we did a CG. Right. Because one, I could control it much more easily and it's cheaper. Yeah. And it won't mean I have to, because sh- to shoot that scene is the Mandalorian is climbing that, you know, mm-hmm. that sand crawler and all those things are flying out. You know, that one, I don't know, three minute scene probably took like three weeks. Yeah. And that's very expensive. And so I very much appreciate that they didn't go in that direction yep, yep. Um, because it <clears throat> it feels like, you know, a real show to me. Yeah. In fact, the one time when I was kind of like, oh, we're definitely not in a real world was with the giant bull. Sure. That's a little harder to pull off. <laughs> yeah. Like one way that I like directors uh, to go in when they do stuff like that is one actually have a practical giant head that they somehow edit to make it look like it's hitting yeah. the Mandalorian. And and then when you need a wider shot, just for a half a second, you do CG. Yeah. Um, instead of like full on CG shots where the yeah, yeah. the bull is running and that, it, you know, like in your head, all of us know that's eh, not real. Well, the, the other thing that uh, it wasn't just that scene. And it's something I haven't been able to get a good answer. So I get like the Mandalorians are supposed to be like ninjas and really badass and stuff. But are they like like... They're not ninjas. They're more like knights. Okay. But I, well, I've heard conflicting stories on that then. Well, they're like, they're like knights and samurai kind of combined. But are they supposed to be like really indestructible? Like, no. Because, you know, he gets his arm caught by the one beast and swung around and that like his shoulder's fine. Like that would dislocate. Any human's shoulder for sure, right? Uh, then he gets, he falls from the height of right. the sand crawler on his back and he's totally fine. Right. He gets rammed by this, who knows, like two ton creature. Yeah. And he's fine. No. <laughs> In fact, uh, we actually don't technically know the race of, so the Mandalorian lore, let's go into the Mandalorian lore. So, Mand- when they call someone a Mandalorian in this stage of the history of the Star Wars universe, it's not actually a race. It's it's a designation. Right, because he was adopted. And as far as we can tell, he's like a hum, like humanoid. Right. So uh, now a lot of the history of the Mandalorian stuff is from what's now called Legends and not the new canon. But there's a lot of stuff from the new canon because there's a lot of Mandalorian stuff in the cartoons. Anyway, so uh, just to give a brief kind of summary of the Mandalorian culture is that um, – so do you know anything about the Mandalorian culture? Not much. Oh, I mean, the, the I, cats I from, from playing the game, the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, what do you what do you know? Just that they have that cool looking armor, like Boba Fett, and that they're oh, she's puking. Good fighters. But the cat, the cat is puking. <laughs> I don't know much more than that. Yeah, so they're a warrior culture. Uh, think of like knights mm-hmm. uh, from the uh, you know Middle Ages and Europe or something. Also think like samurai knights, not ninjas, but like honor bound um, to a house, to a lord, this kind of thing. Um, Cat's really wanting to puke. I just sometimes she does an in mouth vomit, which I'm hoping for because then she won't puke on my carpet. Oh, she did in mouth vomit. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep that. I'll keep all that in on the podcast. <laughs> Also think like Klingons and Dothraki. It's kind mm-hmm. of it's, it's like all those kinds of things combined. Anyway, they're feared throughout the um, throughout the galaxy. The Mandalorian culture goes back like thousands of years. Um, armor is a big part. Uh, 
to their culture and also think of like knights. Which, by the way, that was the other thing that that struck me as odd in the cantina scene. Uh, and, And by the way, and again, maybe it's unfair, but you compare the cantina scene of episode four to that cantina scene and it's it's so different like in the in the the cantina in episode four there's so much variety of creatures and it's like this whole atmosphere and stuff anyways but i i digress but but the thing that was odd is that i thought they were supposed to be known like why did all the the, the bully and the other people not realize oh shit it's a mandalorian well because by this point in the history of this galaxy the mandalorians have fallen from grace in a similar way that the Jedi had. I see. Remember how like uh, in in episode four and five, it's like Han Solo is like, oh, that old religion. Yeah. It, it's a similar thing with now, you know, one could argue it's like Jedi were a part of the galaxy for thousands of years. <laughs> and within like the span of 15 years, it's suddenly an old yeah. religion that no one remembers anymore. And sure. you don't have you don't have video recorders sure. in this world. But- well, it's, this, it's the same thing with uh, in episode seven, right? When they're like, Wait, you mean it was all real? It's like, yeah, talk to anyone that's still alive. Like many right. people are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> In the world. So again, you have to ignore, you just have to remember this isn't sci-fi. Right. This is a Western in, in space. Yeah. And in Westerns, they didn't have recorders. Right. They were, there were tall tales. It was just word of mouth. And that, by the way, that's totally fair. And in fact, why I, why I hesitate to give them a gimme on the technology shrunk on the carbonite stuff is because in fact... They have like this fixed kind of tech that is in a way low tech by today's standards. They sure they have holographic communications, but they're shitty and they're you know like all that kind of stuff. Okay, I get it. It seems like a weird detail to focus on. No, no, I'm, 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 but I'm supporting your point that like they don't actually have as much tech as like we do in those in those yeah. video ways. Yeah, in a lot of ways they have less tech than we. They don't have nuclear weapons. Yeah, they seemingly don't have uh, cell, it, cell phones yeah. or. They don't have um, uh, video recorders, although they did show some video recorders. Anyway, so getting back to my list here. So Mandalorian culture, they're feared. There's the armor, Beskar, um, only on Mandalore is Beskar armor. The materials come from from the lore. They deflect blasters, as we saw in mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, and even lightsabers. And the... Making of the... They deflect lightsabers? They can. I mean, not like strictly, uh-huh. but like if it's a glancing blow, that kind okay. of thing. And actually, the Mandalorians have a counter to lightsabers with these black blades kind of things. And so they're like, there are other lightsaber-like weapons in the Star Wars universe that we really haven't seen yet and that we might see. Hmm. Like, you know how like the those... Um, we saw them in episode in the movies three yeah. and f- right. No, in the new ones, yeah. Oh, right, right. So like these the these lightningy kind of, kinds yeah. of. So there's other weapons that sure can compete with a lightsaber. And anyway, the armor is ritualized, seemingly. You know, the making of it um, in Mandalorian culture in the old culture, you had these houses in the similar way that you had kingdoms and um, houses in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, they had an empire that spanned across the galaxy back in the old days. They were a ruling empire in the mm. galaxy. And any race could become a Mandalorian in the same way that any 
uh, ethnicity could become like a Roman back in the day. Mm. You could have you could have a Roman citizen that was born in Germany or a Roman citizen that was born in Jerusalem or something. You know what I mean? It was that's what Mandalorian be, began to mean. And originally it was like a particular race from a particular um, yeah planet, but then eventually it became this thing that you could become. You could if you fought well and you. Uh, wanted to become a part of the culture and, and someone trained you into that culture. Uh, by the way, parentheses, you know, what occurs to me is that, um, so imagine if they started an, uh, a show and you'd never seen any movies of uh, Lord of the Rings or, or anything uh, or Game of Thrones, you know, and but they started a show based on those those kinds of universes. But they kind of do it like, well in the middle where it just assumes you know all these like backstories and things but and and that might be one of the things that that people struggle with with um uh i don't know if this show but i think star wars has all this other like all this information no one would ever know any of that unless you like read the books right. or or maybe watch well, all the all the comics or the cartoons episode and- episode four was that way you you come in right in the middle of Princess Leia being tracked down by the right. Starfighter. You're just like, but Wait, you get told what? everything you need to know. And I think the Mandalorian, in my opinion, it's the same. Like you, you don't need to know any of this stuff about the Mandalorian culture. To, but we haven't, uh, to like, as a, as a viewer, I still don't know. Like you know, I'm going to speak naively right now. I imagine I've only seen movies, right? I would say. Is that Boba Fett? A or B is like, well, I, right. I don't think it's Boba Fett, but it seems like the same kind of thing that Boba Fett is. But so he's a Mandalorian. Right. What are Mandalorians? Yeah, I, I could see that being absolutely confusing to yeah. people. Of just like, so that's Boba Fett. Yeah. Like you, why would you think anything other than that? Right, right, right. That must be Boba Fett. That's like his armor after he nearly died in the Sarlacc pit. Oh, he must have come back. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if the other thing that I obviously immediately knew within the first scene that that wasn't the case. But I actually thought the show was about Boba Fett huh. because I had heard they were making something about Boba Fett. And then I heard the Mandalorians come in, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, that doesn't look like Boba Fett. But And then the show starts. I'm like, oh, I don't think this is about Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then this is you know hundreds of years ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, lots of wars. They even had a war with the Jedi. Like the Jedi mm. and the Mandalorians actually had a war. They had a lot of civil wars because their empire was so big. Um, then... Uh, by the time we get to episodes one, two, and three movies, they're basically friends of the Jedi in in essence. Ah. Um, but there are still warring factions. There's a lot of Clone Wars cartoons dedicated to the different factions mm. of Mandalorians. Uh, then Jango Fett, uh, according it's unknown, but the theory is is that he stole some Mandalorian armor. So mm-hmm. Jango Fett was not a Mandalorian. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. According to some... Because Boba Fett isn't a Mandalorian. Right. Not, so, not bo- racially, right? Well, so anyone can racially be a, a Mandalorian. Remember that. Uh, you don't have to be a Mandalorian race to be a Mandalorian. But you so have there to is be, no such thing as a Mandalorian? Like, for uh, example, to be a samurai. species, so to speak? There was, but not anymore. Oh, okay. Got so it. to be a samurai, for example, it's conceivable that if you were a Korean back in the day and I somehow see. was trained as a samurai, you could be a samurai. So was Boba Fett technically a Mandalorian? No. So oh, so okay. Jango Fett, uh, according to the story, and there's I could go into the details, the theory is, is that he, he somehow killed a Mandalorian and took the Mandalorian armor, um, or it was like a knockoff of Mandalorian okay. armor, and then... Uh, 
uh, Boba Fett was a clone of Jango. Right. And wore his father's armor, I think. Wait, wasn't... Wait, Boba Fett was his son, right? Oh, but he was a clone son. He was a clone of him. Okay. Remember, because Jango Fett... So... So he is a stormtrooper, but not a stormtrooper. <laughs> so all the stormtroopers are Jango Fett clones. Are Jango Fett clones. Yeah. And Jango Fett was like, in return for, in, 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 including lots of money for cloning me, I also want my own clone as a son. Which, by the way, the, the whole thing bothered me so much, and it still does, because that's not at all how the stormtroopers came off in episodes four right. and five. And six. They did not at all come like, they're well, all the same. So the bio, story goes you know, yeah. that... And I'm surprised you don't know these details, but but it makes sense you wouldn't because you, you don't have access to these kind of storylines. They by the time we get to episode four, they are just regular people. So eventually, oh, they, okay. So the ones we see in episodes four, five, and six are not all clones of right. So episode two and three, they're clones. And it, we begin the Clone Wars, and they're, they're, they're the Republic's uh, okay. uh, soldiers. Eventually, once the Empire gets into it, they're like, well, why do we need to pay for clones when we can just recruit people into yeah. the – and they're not as good, yeah. and they don't shoot as well, and they, they, they don't have discipline in the same way. But we're in charge. What does it matter? Although that's not what oh, – I wonder – okay. In a retcon sort of way, that could be why Obi-Wan – oh, no, that doesn't work still because they were accurate. He's like, far too accurate for sand people. You know, like remember when the yeah yeah, it's it's like according but, to Obi Wan, the stormtroopers are super accurate shooters. compared to sand people, but also like not <laughs> as anyway. By the time we get to episode uh, after episode six, by the time we get to the Mandalorian times, yeah, the uh, basically the Mandalorian culture has been defeated and kind of spread throughout the galaxy. And the one way of looking at them is they're like Ronin, yeah, which is also getting back to the roots of which we haven't mentioned yet, which I can't believe we haven't, is that it's not only a Western in space, but it's also a samurai movie in right. space, um, which is, which all the Westerns were based off the samurai movies. <laughs> you know, Akira Kurosawa was copied by uh, the Italian Westerns, which yeah. was copied by, um, and both were copied by um, the Star Wars uh, Mandalorian show. Anyway, so, so that, so, so think of the Mandalorians as like, people know about them, and they think they're badass, but they also know that they don't have any power and they don't have any backing. And they're, they're all yeah. just a bunch of roaming mercenaries who you don't have to really respect. And you realize that the Mandalorian is, you know, he's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have a lot of Hey, he can afford carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, carbon's uh, pretty cheap in, in Carbonite. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, let's wrap this up, but let me just kind of rattle through my notes here. Um, I like the fact that, for me, it rides a line between cool and cheesiness, because there's definitely elements of cheese, but I thought that they rode that line pretty well, because the, the line could have been too far too cool and not enough cheese, meaning sure. not enough like funniness or not enough... Uh, yeah, lightness. Too serious. Yeah, yeah, they could have made it real dour and real. Depressing. And by the way, I do like that. Like, I like the interactions between him and the IG. Uh, what is it? Eleven. Eleven. And uh, but although, can you explain? And to that's me? Taika Waititi, by the way. Is the oh, voice. is it? Yeah. Can you explain to me? Why, oh, right, right. Why? So on the one hand, I was like, oh, that's cool. That of course, because since he's a robot, that whatever metal he's made of is like super strong, and so he's like deflecting a lot of those shots. 
why why does he get to like shoot him in the head once and he's point blank in the head? I mean, so who what knows? they made the head less powerful than the could be. I also think <laughs> that's that the I... worst idea. And also, robots have to have their CPU in the head part of the well body. <laughs> so you you heard him say uh, he gets shot and he's hurt and yeah. he's down and he says they didn't get my central processing unit or yeah. whatever he says. Uh, I think IG Eleven is going to come back because it's such a great character, sure. and I, I bet you we're going to see him in a later episode. In a later episode, and he's going to be like, "You didn't get me in my central process. I see, I see. You got me in a." That would be good. I'd like that. Yeah, so I thought it was a little too uh, too sudden, but okay. Yeah. Well, again, if again, if you're watching and you don't like. If if you're watching it and you're like, this is a six. No, 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 because I was enjoying that fight so much. I know. But, but part of the thing overall, that I thought was so cool was like, of course, he's like, he's a robot, so he doesn't need little fleshy parts that could get injured by the lasers. But then he's just like shot down. That's why I was like, oh, okay. But, but for me, I loved that. I, there was nothing about, but I'm not saying it's empirically uh, defensible. I'm just saying it's just interesting that like I'm watching it and I'm I'm on board. I would You're have not preferred so him flipping a switch on the back to off. Yeah, I, guess so. <laughs> um, I like that he doesn't talk too much, but I like that he does talk because there were rumors that the Mandalorian wasn't going to talk at all, that we were never going to hear him talk. Like mm-hmm. in the trades, they were saying, there's this new Star Wars about the Mandalorian, and he's never going to talk. And I, and I thought, ooh, that's kind of cool. But then as I was watching this show, I was like, oh, he is going to talk a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's better because if he never talks, that could get real hard to write a good storyline right. around – a character that never talks. That's why I hire that specific actor. Right. <laughs> um, I like that there's a, a lot of fan service done in a way that was um, not uh, super cheesy. Like, you know, in Solo, when he's like, well, I'm going to give you a name. How about Han? No, like, what's your last name? Oh, well, you're all by yourself. Oh, well, Solo. Solo's a thing we say when people are by themselves. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. It, like there's a there's a tone to those deliveries that are s- likable by me anyway, and that one wasn't so likable. But the ones in this TV show I thought were very likable. There's a lot of callbacks. For example, you know he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You know they don't say that line, but yeah, they yeah. essentially do that. Um, a lot of the races sort of come back in episode, from episode four, the Greedo race yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that part doesn't bother me. Actually, it doesn't bother me because that's, that is a standard Star Wars thing. Like, yeah. you see the same races re- reoccurring. Right. Like, we see a Twi'lek in episode six dancing around like a sex worker. Yeah. And then in episode one, we see a Jedi Twi'lek. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of the droids from the original trilogy, including the IG line, Baby Yoda, Life Day is referenced, if you noticed. Um, And they referenced the uh, Boba Fett riding the the big dinosaur. (laughs) And his gun was was from the Boba Fett cartoon, actually. Yeah. the sounds of a ship not working, that chee 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 is like when the Millennium Falcon wasn't working. Uh, the Ugnots, the Nick Nolte character from the Carbonite scene. Yeah. Uh, the land speeders, Carbonite, looking through a telescope and then something attacks you like, <laughs> close up. The thermal detonator, which I, again, I was laughing, literally laughing out loud as the IG-11 kept going. Okay. In- initi- at- <laughs> initiating self-destruction. <laughs> yeah, Stop yeah. it. You know, I just thought it was just this. <laughs> that was funny. Just s- delivered so well. Uh, Taika Waititi, by the way, is going to um, direct future episodes of this, which is is great. 
the Jawas and the Sandcrawler. Um, I thought it was very, I thought I thought the series was pretty funny. Like I actually, so one of, one of the things that I didn't like in the second episode was uh, like why didn't he just land closer? Oh, they'll see him coming. Like, dude, they rode up in the loudest, like sklonkiest beast. And like it was just like it, it, it ate up so much time for him to get beat up by the one beast, then have to learn to ride the other beast, and like that whole sequence, I just thought was too westerny for right. my taste. Yeah, very western. Uh, again, I I liked it. I mean, I wasn't like this is the best scene, but I didn't notice its um, I don't know clunkiness yeah. at all. Uh, but yeah, I could see that if you know if you're if you're a dick, I could see that. <laughs> um, I like the fact that armor actually works in this Star Wars universe because that's one thing that one of the things that's always bothered me is like the stormtroopers are wearing armor, but you've never seen the armor have any effect other than just weighing down the soldiers, <laughs> right? And in this world, the armor that he's wearing actually works. Yeah. Uh, I like that Baby O is a puppet. I like I like the music. I like the fact that there's no Star Wars themes, actually, because it wouldn't really fit. And I like that they're departing. They're spreading out the, the wings of this world. Um, I like that uh, we see... Uh, IG the IG unit fighting as we were talking about and I what I really love is the artwork at the end of each episode oh I, that's really good yeah, yeah. Um, cool. what, what I didn't like again they fell from the top of the sand crawler and didn't break anything um, and I also didn't like the fact that he killed the giant bull with a tiny knife the, oh I forgot about that so was that knife supposed to be special or something no. because it, it's one thing to say well he he hit a major artery but even then it's not like a Zero to a hundred dead instantly. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like oh, instead it's like this oncoming train is yeah. stopped dead in its tracks by the little pinch. Yeah, like I, I just thought, like when I saw that, I thought, wait, so we're we're gonna reveal he's gonna he's gonna say I got him in. I they have a heart something like some line yeah. that explains right, why right, such a tiny weird. little knife. Um. And he didn't even seem to get him. Like the only explanation you could get is if he got him in the eye socket and it goes straight into the brain. Something, right? But he didn't. But it's even like do that. on the side, right? It's like in the neck. Yeah, yeah. And so, sure, maybe there's like this super geeky knowledge about that's where their brain is. <laughs> uh, so theories: Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. That's that's one theory. Uh, another theory is that Baby Yoda is just another one of the species. Um, another uh, is well, I guess those are the two. And look, so I have to acknowledge that in in full absolute episodes four through six canon, clearly some people. Well, I believe some people are stronger with the force. They might have just been telling Luke that, but at least they seem to indicate that, right? Yeah. So fine. So there's something to that. But I really never liked the whole genetic part of it. The no. whole medical yeah, yeah. stuff. So, so it bothers me a little bit that just because you clone Luke, for example, all of a sudden the clone of Luke would be just as badass as Luke. Well, we don't know that yeah. one, and we don't know what Baby Yoda is. Yeah, and uh, the if I I believe the direction they're going in is that whether it's a clone of Yoda or it's a uh, just a different member of the species of Yoda species, it's well known in the cartoons anyway that Yoda Yoda's species is. Strong with the particularly force. strong with the force, yeah. Um, 
so one of the the reason why there's a theory that Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda is that that doctor with Werner Herzog that comes in is a clone doctor has a symbol that is the Camino yeah. symbol. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, there's a lot of questions right now. It's just yeah. like the doctor wants it alive. Werner Herzog wants it dead. Does does you know Werner the you know former um, Empire. Uh, officer want yeah. the baby Yoda dead for revenge or to because he wants the first right. order because that's the next phase because right. the first order actually began in in you know underground pretty quickly after the after Jakku yeah. which is like the official end of the empire uh, which we never see anyway we never see the battle of Jakku um, maybe in the TV show anyway um, so there's questions there. Hopefully they don't fuck that up. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So just getting to the crew here again, we have, uh, Pedro Pascal, who is known as the Viper in, or as, um, Prince Oberyn from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who got his head, you know, uh, pulled apart. He's also from Narcos as the, the other uh, agent. Yeah. Cameos from Nick Nolte, Werner Herzog, Carl Weathers, uh, Taika Waititi. By the way, Werner Herzog adds this. In fact, what was so interesting um, when I was a little kid and I saw Star Wars is I wasn't very exposed to British accents, you know. And hearing the British accents made it really feel like I was watching something else. You know, it wasn't just like a normal thing. It was like, oh, this is from some other galaxy. And, of course, I'm sure it wouldn't have been the same if you were in England. <laughs> but anytime I hear Werner Herzog speak, I feel that way. I'm like, oh, this is something else, and it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very distinctive voice. Yeah. Have you heard the clip of him talking about how chickens have very small brains? No. <laughs> oh, just Google that. It's hilarious. <laughs> the, the enormity of the the smallness of the brain is unbearable. It's, it's just – it's a – the last thing I want to talk about is the cinematographer because the cinematography in this show is is top notch. I believe um, it's uh, Greg Fraser or Greg Fraser, mm. who also did Killing Them Softly, which is one of my favorite movies, which I believe you haven't seen. No, you got to see it. It's so good. It's a Brad Pitt, uh, um, James Gandolfini. Oh, uh, oh, was that his last one? It was maybe close to his last one. Okay, um, and. Directed by, I can't remember, but kill, okay. Killing Them Softly is a oh, very, very it. good movie. I, right. It's it's really good. Uh, he also, this cinematographer also did Zero Dark Thirty, Foxcatcher, Rogue One, Lion, Vice, the upcoming Dune wow. movie, the upcoming Dune movie, the upcoming good resume Batman movie, and. That's what. As soon as I said, as soon as I saw he did Rogue One, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because this looks. Yeah. Tonally, very much like Rogue One. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, it's good. So, very good. Final word on The Mandalorian, Berto. Yeah, like I said, I am definitely enjoying it. I am uh, not as uh, enamored of it, of course, but maybe it'll go in, in uh, even better places. I actually like the second episode better than I did the first. I like the action sequence uh, of the fight and the action sequence of the chase a lot, so hopefully there's more stuff like that. I do want to learn more about what what's going on because right now I'm not very invested on the plot. Like I'm just invested in the action and that's part of the thing that I think could, could make me like it better. 
All right. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle, in which we talked about nothing psychological. And please take care of yourself. May the force be with you because you deserve it. (laughs) 